Welcome back to Everything NHL, the hockey segment of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'm your host, Nathan, and we're here with our hockey expert, James. What's up? Hey, what's up, man? Um, how's it going? Not bad. So I guess this week uh, we're going to recap the last two games of the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, we'll talk about the Stanley Cup Finals in general. And then I'll take a look at uh, Tampa Bay's um, roster. And uh, we'll preview the 2022 Cup odds because people are already starting to make odds for those. So how's that sound? Yeah, it sounds good. Let's just get into it. All right. So we'll start with game four. Um, this was on July 5th, which was a Monday. The Canadians were able to um, win this at home. So... Congratulations to the Montreal Canadiens. They were able to clutch out a win in overtime. Uh, Josh Anderson in the first period for Montreal. Uh, Barclay Goodrow for Tampa in the second period. And then in the third period, Alexander Romanoff for Montreal and Pat Maroon for Tampa Bay. And Josh Anderson was able to get a second goal for the Montreal Canadiens to win the game. Um, what were your thoughts on um, them being able to win? I guess being down 3 nothing in the series heading into this game, this was pretty much, uh, I guess the mindset for Montreal was pretty much uh, like how long can we extend the series? And I mean, they were at home here. They had the crowd behind them. And I feel like that they pretty much came into this game um, with almost no pressure because, I mean, being down 3 nothing to the defending champs, you're probably going to lose at some point so they came in with no pressure they just played their game and i mean over time they got the break and then they got it done yeah i mean it's kind of like since there was no pressure i'm kind of wondering um if the pressure in general kind of got to them a little bit because maybe this might have been like a closer series by at least one more game I mean, it's really hard these days to be able to sweep in the league because uh, usually when you go up like three nothing, then a lot of times it gets in your head that like, oh, you only have one more game. You need to close it out. And then you don't always close it out right away. I know that happened to Toronto. Uh, that happened to um, a few other uh, teams that were up three one or three zero. Like they just didn't close it out. This is one of those examples um, where I guess Montreal just uh, caught them on a, on a light night, maybe they just weren't playing as heavy as they should have. And yeah, Montreal got the win. Yeah. Well, I mean, the fans uh, were uh, pretty heavy out there. A lot of cheering, a lot of chants, I'm pretty sure as well. Yeah. Even though they weren't full capacity in the building, there were a lot of Montreal fans outside the building. So I think you're definitely right about that. Yeah, for sure. And we'll move on to the last game of the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, this one was a very low-scoring game. There was only one goal by Tampa Bay in the second period by Ross Colton. Um, basically, this uh, was the game that kind of sealed the series for the Lightning, and uh, they're now the official Stanley Cup champions. So congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're now a championship city in two sports at the same time, so that's pretty interesting. So I guess, what are your thoughts on, I guess, uh, Tampa's second championship run? 
Yeah, I mean, for myself as well, congrats, 2021 Stanley Cup champions, Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, this is probably the best game they could have played. They just put one goal in the net, and then they knew that Montreal wasn't going to score on them. They just played solid defense. Um, I mean, like, a, what a stat for them in that their last five series, they've all won them with a shutout. So it's pretty special what they've done. I mean, last year they won the cup against Dallas with a shutout. That was the first series. And then the next four series this year, they all won uh, with the final game being a shutout. So congrats again. Yeah. Back-to-back champs. It's great that they won in front of their fans this time around um, because they were in a bubble last year. So um, yeah, I think this one was a little bit more special because I mean, their captain Steven Stamkos was able to play this time around. I know he only got in, one period of play the entire playoffs last year he he was out for the rest of it and yeah uh, this team they they're back-to-back champs yeah and even though uh, montreal they weren't able to take the series i would say that this was a pretty good run i don't think anybody really expected montreal to go this far outside of um montreal fans in montreal and beyond so um I'd still say congratulations to the Montreal Canadiens for making it all the way to the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. There were a ton of really good teams that they beat to get there. Yeah, I mean, uh, first round against Toronto, you know, we all thought Toronto was going to pretty much um, easily get through. It didn't happen. Obviously, in the Winnipeg series, it was a lot closer. Some people took Montreal, some people took Winnipeg. But ultimately, Montreal won there. And then when they faced Vegas, everyone thought the run was over there as well. Uh, obviously it didn't happen. They were able to beat the Golden Knights. They get to the finals and that was their toughest test. This Tampa Bay team was pretty much better um, than Montreal in almost every way, including goaltending. Andre Vasilevsky really showed um, that he was the guy. I mean, he's like a, almost a younger version of Carey Price. I mean, he showed it by winning the Conn Smythe Trophy for playoff MVP. Well-deserved by him. Obviously all those shutouts, I, I believe he had five shutouts in this year's playoffs. Um, and yeah, we talked about the shutout clinching streak. We talked about all those things and Andre Vasilevsky was one of the, the main reasons for that. But yeah, Montreal did play well. And I think Carey Price is probably one of the main reasons why they were able to get this far, this far in the playoffs. Yeah, there's not a lot of teams that can kind of match the Canadians in defense. Tampa Bay was one of them. So I guess the Canadians, they're kind of seeing how it feels like to play against such a stifling defense on the other end. There's not really a lot of teams out there that can kind of match the Canadians in that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tampa Bay was also well-prepared for that. They just played a very defensive team in the New York Islanders. So um, Islanders were sort of that prep team that they needed to beat to sort of, you know, be ready for Montreal. And I think that Tampa Bay was well-prepared. It didn't take them as many games this time around to, to win the series. Yeah, for sure. And I guess with that, we can probably go into um, a recap of the finals. But I guess we'll start with kind of, um, I guess, how how the whole bracket went. So we'll start with uh, Tampa Bay. Um, What were your thoughts on kind of their entire run in the series? Yeah, um, I know I predicted them to win the series against Florida. I believe I took them in six or seven they did win in six. So um, yeah, they, I had a feeling that they would have more experience than the Panthers. And I think it turned out that way. Then they ended up beating Carolina. I had them beating Carolina, but I believe I had them winning in seven. They won in five. So 
I mean, this team really just came out to, to play in that series. And then I, I took that um, momentum into the next series. And I said, oh, yeah, they'll win by like five or whatever. But it ended up going to seven. They still were able to clutch it out. And, yeah, I picked Tampa Bay all the way through. I picked them in five or six against Montreal. It ended up being in five. So I was pretty close there. Um, yeah, so um, like I was telling you, every round that they went through, I always picked them. I always saw them as a great team. Obviously, in my own personal brackets and stuff, I had them going far. I didn't have them going all the way to the finals. But um, the way the, the each round turned out, like all of their opponents, I just assumed that they were better than, and then and it ended up being the case. Yeah, I mean, just assuming that Tampa is like better than these teams, that kind of talks about how good this roster is because the teams that they beat, they're not bad teams at all. I mean, the Florida Panthers, they're a really good offensive team. Carolina was so consistent the entire season, and Tampa was able to beat them in five games. New York was another really defensive team, and they're in a really stacked division, but Tampa was able to beat them as well. Yeah, I mean, that division was very top-heavy. Those three teams at the top, Tampa was the best out of the three between them, Carolina, and Florida. So, uh, yeah, they came out of a tough, top-heavy division. They beat the New York Islanders, who themselves came out of a tough division, and then they beat Montreal, who beat a lot of tough teams like Toronto and Vegas. So, yeah, they beat worthy opponents, I think. For sure. And I guess we'll move on to uh, Montreal. This was kind of... This was almost a Cinderella story for them. Um, they they were basically count uh, counted out basically from the first series, and they just kept winning and winning. Um, unfortunately, they weren't able to win against uh, Tampa Bay. But uh, what are your thoughts on the run? Yeah, we've talked in depth. I think about the series against Toronto. Um, like when it when uh, Toronto went up three one, I guess the way that they were playing, like we didn't expect Montreal to even win a game. But then when they won one game, the momentum just kept growing for them, and they just kept winning. And then Toronto just couldn't find any answers, and then that's how they were able to come back in the series. Um, moving to the Jets series, I don't think the Jets really got their footing at all in that series. I feel like them from game one. I think we kind of knew that Montreal was going to win this series. We thought maybe the Jets would you know, get their footing, but it, it never really happened. So that's was sort of the story of that series. And then the series against Vegas, I mean, there was just a couple uh, games where, you know, they just went Montreal's way and then Montreal was able to just take that series. Uh, like they, they played a lot better than we expected. And I guess Vegas just didn't live up to the billing they had when they beat Colorado. So, and, and then going to the finals, I, I knew that it was going to be a tough road for Montreal. I didn't think they were going to get swept, and it's a good thing that they didn't get swept. They were able to take at least one to make it a decent series. But, yeah, I fully expected Tampa Bay to beat them, and then that's what happened. Yeah, and, again, this was a fantastic run by Montreal. Um, they really showed how far um, good goaltending and good defense can get you um, in this league, and it can get you pretty far all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, I think the only problem is, I guess, teams like Tampa Bay or Vegas that can basically um, match you in any way that they want. It's going to be really tough to beat teams like those in the future. 
Yeah, I'd probably say if it was a different year, I don't know that Montreal beats Toronto or Vegas, but the thing is when they got all that momentum, it just helped them push past some of these teams. So I think if we were to do the playoffs over again, I don't think that we'd see some of these upsets. We might see some different upsets, obviously, but um, yeah, this is a special run for Montreal, something that we haven't seen in a while and probably something that we might not see unless Montreal continues to, to build their team, because I don't know um, how long, you know, Carey Price is going to be there. I think they really need to build up their team now and so that they can use Price while he's like barely in his prime. Cause I mean, he's in his mid thirties. So I don't know how many years they're going to have left of him. So they, they better use it wisely. Yeah. I guess there's kind of the, um, it's like sometimes when teams win the Stanley Cup finals, it's like, okay, we're the best. And then they don't really build their team properly and the dynasty kind of gets ruined. So they didn't win the Stanley Cup, but this could be a potential like, oh, we made the Stanley Cup finals. We're a really good team, which they prove that they are. But at the same time, you don't really want to take any steps back. Yeah, I mean, look at Dallas this year. They went to the finals last year and then they missed the playoffs. I know that they had COVID issues. They had a lot of postponed games. There were a lot of scheduling issues for them. So that could have been a factor. Like they didn't miss by many points, but I mean, the same thing could happen to Montreal next year. I mean, the divisions are moving back to what they were two years ago. So they're going to be moving into a division with Tampa Bay, Toronto, Boston, Florida. So, I mean, they got good teams that finished ahead of them in the standings this year. So uh, they're really going to have to put on a good effort. I mean, Ottawa's they were playing well at the end of last year. They might be a come-up team. Obviously, Buffalo and Detroit are rebuilding, so that sort of rounds out their division. I, uh, I'm i not sure whether Montreal's going to be able to make the playoffs. Uh, they're really going to have to, um, I guess, take steps forward after what happened this year. Yeah, I guess uh, what steps do you think that Montreal can take to kind of both rounds out um, their team with some good offense and try to make sure that um, they have someone who can eventually step into the role that Carey Price is playing right now. Yeah, I mean, for goaltending, I think you just got to be patient with that. You still have a few years of Carey Price. And then I guess as for like forwards and defense, you got to just bring the young guys along. We saw what Alex Romanov did this year. Uh, for forwards, we saw Suzuki, Caulfield, some of these younger guys step up, obviously relying on an older guy like Corey Perry or Eric Stahl. The score is not preferable, so definitely younger guys. Josh Anderson's not too old. Same with Tyler Toffoli. These guys, they got to continue to grow in their roles, maybe add a couple pieces, you know, round out the team. Definitely keep letting the defense get stronger because it did play very well. And I guess, um, yeah, just continue to build from there. Bring the young guys along, I think, is what they're going to have to do. Yeah, I guess for Montreal, um, development's going to be a key, I guess, factor for this team. If they get like a couple of good rookies and they develop them properly, we might end up seeing more a really deep playoff run from them. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, they definitely can move forward after uh, what happened this year. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we'll move on to um, Tampa Bay's roster. Obviously, they won the Stanley Cup. Um, they're the, I think they're the deepest roster in the league. Um, and they're pretty much having um, salary cap, I guess, uh, issues. They were able to kind of um, stave that off last year because uh, Stamkos was injured, if I remember correctly. So that allowed them to... Both of them. Yeah. That yeah. kind of allowed them to kind of keep the roster that they had and they ended up having an even deeper roster than they had 
um, the year before. So um, what are some steps that you think they can kind of take to um, mitigate, mitigate kind of the um, roster shakeup that might happen? Yeah, honestly, um, I guess as we speak right now, they're 4.5 million over next year's salary cap, which is going to be about 81.5 million. They're around 85 million salary right now. And yeah, they are short uh, one forward, one defenseman and one goaltender, meaning that they're going to have to shed salary so that they're able to sign extra players. So um, uh, I know we're going to be previewing the expansion draft coming up. So definitely uh, we're going to take a look at maybe who might get taken uh, off this Tampa Bay roster by Seattle. Um, but other than that, I guess just looking at some of these contracts, guys like Kucherov, Stamkos, Braden Point, those are pretty much untouchable guys. And then as you move down from there, you got guys that are at pretty high salaries that are sort of like mid-tier guys that you, you maybe could get rid of. You know, got Andre Palat, Yanni Gord, Tyler Johnson, Alex Kalorn, maybe guys like that. They're signed to around $5 million each, these guys. And uh, for your mid guys, maybe sign them to around three or four instead of five million. So definitely try and shed one of them and then maybe try and replace them by maybe re-signing a guy like Barkley Goudreau who's a free agent, Blake Coleman. Those guys were really solid. Um, I believe, uh, you know, guys like Ross Colton even uh, who scored in this final game, he's also a free agent. So you definitely want to bring these guys back and you need money to do it. So if they could shed one of those contracts, maybe a defenseman, maybe Ryan McDonough. He's getting up there in age. He's around 32. Uh, maybe you keep younger guys like Sergachev and Eric Chernak, and then maybe you depart. Uh, you have Ryan McDonough depart. Uh, maybe Seattle takes him. Maybe you have to trade them to Seattle. I don't know what they have to do, but they're definitely going to have a little bit of shakeup um, because they won't be able to place guys on the injured reserve because I don't think there are any serious injuries with their players right now. Yeah, I guess barring somebody like falls down a flight of stairs like after practice or something and they get injured or some kind of like freak accident, um, we're probably not going to expect um, any kind of, I guess, long-term injuries from Tampa Bay. So um, it looks like, for example, Ryan McDonough, he's, his contract is ends um, in the 2025-2026 season. So um maybe they can kind of like make a trade for uh someone a little bit cheaper like you said yeah i mean just looking at uh, some of that yeah some of these contracts they definitely gotta you know try and shed just to get under i mean they only have one goalie under contract that's vasilevsky so they need at least one more goalie you gotta maybe sign like a luke shen or a david savard to sort of fill up that defensive core and yeah, they don't even have enough forwards. So yeah, they they definitely have a lot of work to do. I think. Um, I mean, uh, their uh, GM Julian Breezebois has done a good job, uh, you know, uh, constructing this roster. But I mean, when you have a lot of good players, it gets expensive, right? So it's going to be really hard to keep these guys. You know, maybe Seattle will work out a deal with them. They give Seattle some draft picks to take some contracts. I, that's usually how things work. So maybe something like that might get worked out. But yeah, I, I definitely think that something's going to need to be done for sure. Yeah, I guess with a team like Tampa Bay, it's kind of like, how do you keep your current roster without kind of um, taking away too much from your future? Because you want to make sure that the dynasty kind of lasts as long as possible. I mean, they tried to put guys like Tyler Johnson on like waivers for other teams to claim and they wouldn't claim him because of the contract. So they tried to trade him. 
they tried to get rid of him. I don't know what they're going to have to do. They might not be able to trade Tyler Johnson. They might have to pick another player like Alex Kalorn or Yanni Gord, someone like that. Let's see what Tampa Bay does this offseason. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how they're going to get under the cap. I mean, it's not like they have too many injuries. There's some light surgeries. I think maybe Hedman might have one or, or Kutrov might have a rib surgery or something, but uh, not to the extent of missing the season. Again, I think it might be like a couple months of the offseason. I think they should be ready to go for next year. Unless they try to make an argument that, oh, this player, he needs a full year of rehab so that he can be fully ready for the season after or something. But I don't know if that's going to happen. Here's the thing, too, is that if you lose a guy like Kucherov, I mean, they didn't have him this year, but I mean, they had Stamkos for most of the years and Braden Point was played really well. So um, they were able to make the playoffs. But if you lose a guy like Hedman for the whole season, the amount of minutes he plays per game, he almost plays like half a game, like at least 30 minutes every game, pretty much. So if you lose a guy like that to injury for the entire season, just so he sits on the uh, the injured reserves so that you can stay under the cap. Yeah, I don't think that would be a good idea. So um, he's one of those guys that, you know, might be having surgery this offseason, but I don't see them keeping him on the injury reserve. They're definitely going to have to make some moves for sure. Yeah, for sure. And with that, I guess we'll move on to the 2022 Stanley Cup odds. Um, like we said earlier, um, some odds have already uh, been released. Um, obviously, it'll change as time time goes on, but this is kind of the pre- predictions for um, who could possibly win the Stanley Cup. Um, I guess just what are your general thoughts on the odds? Yeah, well, I'll look at the top five, first of all. Um, Colorado's at plus 500 to win. Uh, Vegas at plus 600. Tampa Bay at plus 700. Carolina at plus 1,100. And then Boston and Toronto are both at plus 1,400 to win. I guess just looking at the top five, the ones that I really like, I don't know if I'll go with Tampa this year. Um, They were a popular pick last year just because they might be doing different things to their roster. So probably before you, you know, place a wager on a team like Tampa Bay, definitely check what they're going to do to, um, you know, um, break up their roster. If they do too much, I don't know if they're going to be able to three-peat next season. Um, I don't know, maybe Colorado or Vegas might be able to improve. I know Vegas needs some center depth. If they can get that, they're definitely a good pick. Colorado... Um, honestly with Colorado, it's just really tough to pinpoint what went wrong. It just seems like Vegas played better than them. So I'm not really sure. Obviously Carolina would be a decent pick that I might lean towards because they're a young team that's just getting better and better every year. Maybe Carolina might be my favorite out of the top five, obviously Boston, I don't see them having the depth, especially on defense. They're going to have a tough time keeping everyone in the Seattle expansion draft. And then for Toronto, I guess until we see them get past the first round of the playoffs, I can't really project them for cup odds in a sense. Uh, they definitely need to get past the first round at least before I feel confident in, in touching them for, for cup odds. So I think out of the top five, I, I like Carolina's value of plus 1100. I think that they're going to be a really good team next year. Uh, I don't know what you think about that. I mean, Carolina, they were so consistent uh, this past season. Um, they have really good coaching. It's just that um, they had to face Tampa Bay. If, if it was like any other team, I think uh, Carolina would have had a chance to kind of progress to the next round. I'm not sure if they'd be able to beat a team like 
uh, the New York Islander Islanders, but they'd definitely be able to take it to a really close series, just like Tampa Bay did. Yeah, and then I guess sort of going down um, the list here, um, you know, a team like Florida, I feel like they're they're too um, favored at at this point. Um, plus eighteen hundred for a team that also hasn't won a series in a long time, in even longer than Toronto, they haven't won a series. Uh, so I really wouldn't put anything on Florida until we see them gain playoff experience. Montreal, New York Islanders, these prices are just based off of this season. I don't know if I would place anything on those two. Maybe the Islanders might be a bit better of a pick than Montreal. They're both at uh, plus 2,000. Just because I think the Islanders just have an easier path to making the playoffs from their division than Montreal does for next season. Um, and then you got the Oilers, Penguins. Obviously, Penguins is always a good pick. As long as Crosby and Malkin are there, definitely. Washington, you could probably say the same thing if Ovechkin sticks around. I know he's a free agent. He should re-sign there. Got Rangers, Blues, Dallas, Flyers, Nashville. Yeah, it's really tough as you keep going down for for Stanley Cup. I think below maybe Washington. I don't know if St. Louis can get back or Dallas right now. Yeah, probably below Washington. I probably wouldn't touch any of these odds just yet. Probably just wait as the season goes along. If you want to sprinkle on someone like the Flyers, if you think they're going to turn it around, maybe Dallas. Maybe the Jets, I don't know, but uh, there's teams down here that might be worth a flyer. Um, obviously, Chicago, um, they always have good odds because of that Stanley Cup core that they had from around five or six years ago. So, um, yeah, even though they aren't as good of a team now, they're always going to have that experience factor. So people will wager a little bit on that. But, yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are on, I guess, the rest of the board. I guess the only team that's kind of like under Washington that maybe, or the only other team other than what you've mentioned, maybe like the Seattle Kraken, maybe only because um, <laughs> it's basically like it's probably not going to happen. But like, what if they end up finessing the league like Vegas did and they end up going to the Stanley Cup finals in their first year or something? I mean, I guess it's worth a sprinkle if, if people want, but. Um, yeah, that's the thing. If they make some crazy trade, they get like a Jack Eichel or they get like, uh, I don't know who else might be available, like a Taylor Hall, or they get, you know, some big time player. And, and then maybe they make a trade with Tampa Bay and they get Ryan McDonough on their defense. And then they have a solid team. They get a goalie. Maybe they get Chris Drieger. Maybe they get, maybe Marc-Andre Fleury goes to an expansion team again. I don't know who knows, but yeah, they get a formidable team and then you never know, they might be a contender and you've gotten them at plus 10,000. So yeah, I could, I think out of the one, out of the teams that are plus 10,000 going down from the Ducks, Sabres, got Columbus, Detroit, New Jersey, and Seattle. Seattle is the only one. Yeah. I agree with you that I would definitely take a sprinkle on there. The other teams are just not ready. Um, they don't really have uh, the team around. Even if they require uh, acquire a big-time asset, they just don't have the team around them to be able to do anything once they get to the playoffs. So Seattle would be the only ones. Obviously, you got to target them before the expansion draft because after you see the roster in the expansion draft, their odds are just going to shoot right up uh, and, be, and they're going to be more uh, favored to win the Stanley Cup. So uh, if you want long shots uh, right now, you got to grab Seattle, I guess. I, I think you're right about that. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like the um, 
the EA Sports uh, GM factor because they, this is going to be their first year in the league, so they don't have any like any existing baggage to take care of. Like all the other other teams on this list, they either they all have existing rosters, so they have to kind of um, figure out a way to manage that. Seattle, they're making a roster just right off the bat, so they have a little bit more um, flexibility in that way, but. Again, it is a long shot. They're probably not going to be able to do what Vegas did. They'll be a decent team maybe, but all the way to the finals, um, I'm not too sure about that, but like, why not take a chance on it, right? Yeah, I mean, like Seattle hasn't even had a, a professional hockey team, well, NHL-level team, for almost 100 years now. So there's almost a non-existent a fan base right now. Uh, no one can really say, well, I was a Seattle Metropolitan fan from the 19, uh, 1920s or wh- whenever they were around. But uh, yeah, so I definitely think, like you said, no baggage, no pressure. Um, like there's going to be no pressure to win. Uh, it, it will usually take an expansion team around five years to sort of find their footing in the league. Obviously, it happened quicker for Vegas than it did for previous expansion franchises. So honestly, even after what Vegas did, I don't think Seattle has any pressure because uh, if they don't start out well, they can just fall back on the fact that, oh, other expansion teams that have come into the league didn't start off well. And I really don't see Seattle being as bad as teams like Atlanta were when they came in, Ottawa, Tampa Bay, those kind of teams that really just didn't play well. I think Washington and San Jose were like two of the worst when they came into the league. Like One of them only had eight wins in the season, like something crazy like that. But uh, yeah, um, I really just don't see that happening for Seattle. They're either going to be competitive or they will be a playoff team. It's going to be one of those two for sure. Yeah, I guess for being an old Seattle Metropolitan fan, you never really know. There's maybe someone in a retirement home somewhere who is like 110 <laughs> who used to be a Seattle Metropolitan <laughs> fan. So um, if you know someone who was a Seattle Metropolitan fan back in the day, uh, mm-hmm. put that in in the comments. Yeah, that, that's hilarious. And yeah, um, congrats to Seattle on getting a team and 32 teams in the NHL sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, and I guess that that's about um, it for our schedule. But I guess I just kind of want to talk a little bit more about Tampa Bay. Um, obviously, they won two Stanley Cup. Um, they've yeah, they've won two Stanley Cups, um, which is really impressive. There's not a lot of um, repeat teams these days. But um, I was uh, wondering. Um, Kind of how do you see their legacy going forward? Yeah, I mean, this, uh, I guess this core that they have, um, you know, 2015, they went to the finals and this core was very young. Obviously, they lost to Chicago. That was a very experienced core. They were winning their third Stanley Cup in six seasons. Um, I guess Tampa Bay learned a lot from that. You know, they progressed. They got, they grew. Uh, This team, especially guys like Kucherov, I think that was Kucherov's first season they went to the finals. Um, and then they, they grew from there. Kucherov, um, you know, he won MVP. I believe it was in the 2018 season that he won MVP. Um, and then, yeah, um, there's either 2018 or the 2019 season, I believe. So something like that. Um, and then, you know, Victor Hedman's been defenseman of the year. Andre Vasilevsky, goaltender of the year. And then, you know, Steven Stamkos over his career, he's won gold titles. He's won all sorts of things. Leadership awards, I believe, that kind of thing. 
this team, uh, 2019, they got swept by the eighth seed Columbus Blue Jackets after pretty much setting an NHL record for like the most wins in a season, something like that. Like that Tampa Bay team was just stacked out of their mind. They barely lost all season. And then they just got swept in the first round and everyone was just like, okay, so where do they go from here? And I mean, the next two years, back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. So, I mean, sometimes it takes a lot of failure before success can happen. And I've said that about teams like Colorado, like Toronto, like Florida, these teams, they just can't seem to get it done in the playoffs. Um, Sometimes it takes a lot of failure before you can have success. I mean, Tampa Bay, they got swept by an eighth seed team when they were the best team in the league. And everyone thought that, you know, this team, they just can't win. They get in the playoffs and they can't win. And then they broke through. So I guess if you're a fan of either the Avalanche, the Panthers or the Maple Leafs, uh, I mean, your team could break through next season. So definitely uh, don't give up hope. Yeah, and I guess if Tampa Bay finds another way to win a Stanley Cup, um, I guess that would put kind of like the Tampa Bay dynasty in a really high position. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I guess um, where would you see um, kind of their dynasty if they were able to win three or more Stanley Cups? Yeah, I don't think a team has won three or more Stanley Cups in a row since the 80s, so it's been a while. I guess three or more Stanley Cups with the same core the last time a team did it. Um, I guess if you count Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh's were kind of far apart. It was 2009 and then 2016 and 17. So it was within 10 years they won three cups. But I think the last true, like almost dynasty was Chicago. They won 2010 to 2015, three Stanley Cups. So that core definitely was the closest thing to a dynasty. Obviously, teams have won back to back. Obviously, the 90s Red Wings, uh, 90s uh, Penguins. And then in the 80s, you had Oilers, you had Islanders. Islanders were the last true dynasty because they won four Stanley Cups in a row. But uh, yeah, if you win three in a row, you're definitely a dynasty and they definitely be up there in the top 10 dynasties of all time for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I guess it'll be interesting to see what um, Tampa Bay does in the next season and in the future seasons. I think even if they don't end up winning a third Stanley Cup, they could end up kind of being like the Spurs in the NHL where um, they always have a chance to kind of take it, take it all the way and win another cup. Yeah. I think that would be a good comparison for them. You know, a team that's always in the playoffs always has a shot. I think they can definitely be that squad. Yeah, for sure. And um, I guess, do you have any uh, last words? Yeah. Once again, congratulations, Tampa Bay 2021 Stanley cup champions. It was a great season. Uh, I had a great time, you know, talking fantasy here, talking the playoffs here, the season, doing pickups every week. Uh, I won a fantasy championship myself. Uh, Nate, I know you did pretty well in your league. Um, I think it was an overall great season for both the NHL and for fantasy. Yeah, this was a really good year for hockey. Um, We had a lot of uh, high scoring games, which, again, is very rare normally. Uh, goals don't really go up to more than four, but we've had like seven goal games and stuff like that, which I've never really seen um, in my life. So really exciting hockey um, this season. Hopefully next season, there'll be even more exciting hockey. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think so. And uh, that about wraps it up for this week um, of everything NHL. Um, If you... Uh, liked the video uh, subscribe hit the bell for notifications give us your thoughts on the nhl season so far 
And uh, if you know someone who was a Seattle Metropolitan fan back in the day, um, we'd really like to know. So put that in the comments as well. Uh, give us give us um, a review. Uh, tell us how you thought we did. If you liked um, listening to this podcast, uh, we're on Apple Music, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts. So definitely give us a follow there as well. Um, if you need some sports picks, you can follow us at FanFanPodcast on both Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you.